A warm welcome to Feeling Terrific. Today I have another special guest. I'm very happy that he has also the interest in having this conversation today. His name is Sebastian Schatz. I will make a short um, intro um, about him and then uh, we will start uh, right uh, with the most important question as always, right? So um, the title of this episode of this conversation today is Personal Branding, the Strategic Approach of Sebastian Schatz, right? So Sebastian is currently a recruiting manager at uh, New Work and worked before also at um, Personio. So today we will talk about different topics, among them obviously personal branding and how his strategic approach looked like or is looking like, right? Because um, I think I can say it uh, for now, it's um, still ongoing and I think it will never end. So this is yeah a short intro about um, you, Sebastian. I hope I covered um, a little bit and um, thank you for your time again. And I look forward to an authentic insight. Thank you so much, Christian. So yeah, very happy to be here. So thanks for the invitation. And uh, I'm also looking forward to a great conversation with you. Perfect. Yeah. Also, thank you. And maybe let's start then with the uh, most important question. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's not a really easy question. I would say though, not very trivial. Um, it even has a like philosophical facet on it. So, um, but yeah, I, I would say like who I am, um, I tie it uh, really closely to, um, to what drives me. So, uh, to my purpose, let's say, um, but yeah, I make it short here. So I'm Sebastian, I'm 29 years old. Um, I am based out of Augsburg, uh, a beautiful city, uh, here in Bavaria, Germany. And, um, yeah, as I said, uh, I tie my personality, my identity close to, to my purpose. And therefore I would say like my purpose is, um, I want to help others. So that's basically who I am. And maybe a quick, quick fun fact here, you, you would see me, I would say 95% of the year uh, in white sneakers. So you could also say to me, like, I'm the, the white sneakers guy. So that's great. So we already learned something in a few seconds of the um, conversation. So thank you for that. And you also already made a quite, quite good um, yeah, intro to the, the, the next question, basically. So on your LinkedIn profile, for example, right, or as far as I know, please correct me if I'm wrong, you're calling yourself, um, yeah, being a talent connector, right? So what do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, you, you saw that, uh, right? Um, I call myself a talent connector because the thing here is like we, we are, we're humans are a social species, right? So um, we are wired to connect in, in my opinion. So um, I see connecting as a really superpower. So we all experience that um, that amazing things happen when when the right people connect, and that's um, what I strive. Um, so I strive to connect the right people that those amazing things can happen, and this combined to um, with 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 talent because, as you said in the intro, I'm a recruiting manager at the moment, so it's my profession to to connect the right people. Um, I see it um, as my main or the the most important topic for me is uh, within talent acquisition is candidate experience. So um, candidate experience means for me that we shape remarkable experiences for candidates, obviously, but also for hiring teams. And um, the foundation of those remarkable um, experiences is connection, in my opinion. So really making um, meaningful connections with others. And that's what's what's all about. And then in the in the main sense, um, as a recruiter, as a talent connector, I am. I strive to grow dreams, dreams from candidates, and uh, strive to grow uh, teams. So teams uh, within or for the organizations that I am hiring for. Yeah, I'm not sure um, if the the listeners already got the same message as I did receive after the few um, yeah minutes we are talking, right? So I think. I, or at least I really feel the, the passion um, on your side for, for what you do, right? <laughs> so um, the question is, though, profession without passion, what are your thoughts? What do you mean without, ah, you, what do you mean profession? Sorry, profession? Yeah, profession without passion. Yeah, it's not possible in my opinion, I would say. So um, you have to have a passion. Uh, only then you will strive in the profession that you um, 
yeah, that you're in or that you choose to be in, I would say. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm very, very passionate guy, very, very passionate about, as I said, um, connecting the right people. And that's also why I, um, maybe differently to many other recruiters out there that I really chose um, to go into this uh, profession, into this area. So I, I did not fall into it, um, but I really chose the profession. So I was like in a totally other um, profession that was like marketing and communication. And then I really chose purposefully that I want to go this route uh, within, within people and especially within talent acquisition. Yeah, and we are happy so, that you chose that path. So uh, I think I I can say that uh, for everyone. Um, now let's take a different perspective on maybe uh, being Christian. A... Sorry, sorry that I interrupt sure. you. Uh, I just wanted sorry. to make one, maybe one more point, and maybe then it's become more clear and hopefully also for the audience and um, that I'm really passionate about what I'm doing. So um, I hope that's it's okay for you. So um, I. I I would give you a, a quick experiment and also the, the audience. So um, the quick experience or a little experience would be, have you ever thought about what it would look like or what it would be if person A and person B would get to know each other? So they don't know each other yet, but how it would look like if they get to know each other. So I make a quick, quick example because I'm asking this myself all the time. So I was always all the time thinking, what would it be like, what it, would it be look like if my father, for example, would met my former boss and they would discuss a topic like, let's say like politics or something like that. So that's always in my mind that I'm thinking like, how could I connect the right people? And not just in a business sense, also in my, in my private life, um, that they could benefit from each other, let's say like, so, um, maybe that's a quick, quick thought experimentation for you and also the audience um, to think about what it would look like or what it would be like um, if you, if person A and person B would met. Yeah, you know the the, the good thing is that um, the audience can um, press pause now and think about it, and I can say thank you for the homework. I take it with me and I come back to you with a follow up. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, no, but um, that's also a very um, interesting um, perspective. And um, it also shows that, um, yeah, we are influenced by a lot of things, right? And um, we can be a lot of things based out of um, or based on different things. So, yeah, that's very, um, very deep. And uh, we can take <laughs> that um, offline if you want. <laughs> Happy to do that. Yeah, sure. I'm always, always uh, about, yeah more and more, let's say like deeper conversations, but most importantly, authentic conversations. And I think like, um, yeah, you're doing just a tremendous job with your podcast to invite people and really um, go in this direction that you have authentic um, conversations with, uh, with other people. Thank you for that. Um, let's take it to the next question then. Sure. Um, so th a different perspective on, on being a recruiter, right? So, um, I mean, there are different perspectives on that profession, right? What are your thoughts when, when I say being a recruiter isn't necessarily a lot of different than being a sales representative? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say um, I would agree with you um, up and apart. So um, if you would ask me what's the what, what are the similarities be between both uh, two professions, I would say... Um, both professions and um, a recruiter and a sales rep, there are both change catalysts, right? So it's all about change because if you ask yourself, why do customers buy as a sales rep? And um, if you would ask yourself as a recruiter, why do candidates move? Then it's both for change, right? And um, I have met a lot of really great sales people uh, over the yeah, last couple of years and um, also read some great sales books and what stood out to me was this concept or this book called Gap Selling by Keenan. And um, I think it's very transferable also to, to recruiting. So maybe just to make a quick point here. So gap selling, it's like, think of um, a current state you're in, and we're all sometimes thinking about a desired future state, what we can change to. Um, so 
like at the heart of every sale, for example, there is also a gap within what I said before between a current state and a desired future state. And that's also the case for a recruitment process, right? So there is a gap between what candidates um, have now and what they believe they want to go um, or they, what, what they want to grow in within their future. And um, this gap exactly represents the value um, of the whole recruitment process, the value for the candidates, because they can explore um, what it would look like to, to come nearer to that future desired state and also for us recruiters and the, con uh, the organizations we recruit for, right? So I hope that, that that makes it clear that there is like this concept of gap selling that I think is very transferable also to recruitment and you can also call it the gap, gap recruiting. Actually, I made a, made a post um, exactly about it 11 months ago, I think. And what was really cool that Keenan, the author of this book, also commented and he said like, oh, Sebastian, well done. That's really good applied, um, like a sales methodology to recruiting. And he was also thinking like, hey, that makes sense. And that's also applicable, as I said, for a other profession. Yeah. So when will you start your sales career then? <laughs> Very good question. So um, actually, I, I also over the yeah, over the last years, um, also the nearer nearer uh, past, uh, I thought about it quite intensively. But the thing is, um, I was already in sales. So maybe to to elaborate on that a bit more. So I sold, um, I think in 2015, I sold um, Apple products in the Apple store. So um, back then, and the fun, that's the funny thing about it, back then I was hired as a customer service rep. But at Apple, so in an Apple retail store, every new employee is starting on the sales floor called Red Zone at Apple. And so for the first month, the first month is always uh, a new retail employee going on the on the sales floor. And do you know what? I enjoyed it so much that after the first month, I said to um, to my manager, look, I know you hired me as a customer service rep. But I enjoyed it so much. And um, I think why I enjoyed it, uh, enjoyed it so much um, was like, it's a more, so compared to customer service, probably, I would say it's maybe a bit more proactive than reactive. And that's what I, what I really like also about recruitment. So I'm like a really proactive recruiter. Uh, I hone my skills uh, within active sourcing, for example. Um, but yeah, back back to that and to, to answer your question. So I was already in sales. I really, really enjoyed it. Maybe it was a different environment that I would probably go in sales now. So if I would make a change um, uh, to sales, I would stay in the software industry. Um, but yeah, uh, in the end, they they kept me at the, at the Apple store back then uh, as a sales specialist. So I had my first experience there um, selling stuff. Yeah. Why, why is it that you would say you would like to stay in the software industry? So um, I made the move uh, to the software industry in um, uh, 2021, so not that long ago, I would say. And um, it, it just fascinates me, um, especially, I would say, as I said before, like the, the talent connector is all about connection between people. And what, what fascinates me most um, um, about the software industry is the people that are working there. So, of course, there's also in other, in, in, in other industries, there are also great smart minds, um, but especially within, within tech and software. Yeah, there, there are so many ambitious people working towards a common goal for their organizations, um, very smart, um, very diverse as well. That's also very important if compared to a, um, yeah, to a more traditional industry, like I would say maybe, for example, the automotive industry here, especially in Germany, uh, I would call more traditional on that. And that just fascinates me that great minds, inspiring minds are, are working in the software industry. And um, yeah, technology is just also, um, of course, very, very, very inspiring and helps us um, as, as, as people. Yeah. No, that, um, that that's very interesting. I, I would say I would have kind of the same thoughts when it comes to that question. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Um, when it comes to personal development, a different topic now. So we come to that also a little bit later, what you've done for that, right? 
but per se, what would you say? How do you, how do you make sure to keep having the mindset of learning and learning and learning? Hmm. Yeah, I would say that, um, yeah, that, that comes down to my, um, curiosity, I would say. So, um, it's really, I'm very naturally curious, uh, curious guy. Um, that comes with a lot of upsides. Um, uh, but that also comes with, with some, with some downsides, like, uh, that you sometimes maybe, yeah, lack the, lack a bit of focus because there are so many interesting things in our life that, that I would want to gain more knowledge on. Right. Um, but yeah, a curiosity is just one of my formative personality traits, I would say. And, um, to say it like this, like questions, um, or curiosity yields questions, right? And asking questions yields answers. And those answers are like gaining knowledge. And that's, that's really, um, what's all about what drives me. And in that sense, I would also say like, in short, embracing a growth mindset. So really the, the ability to believe in that you, that you, um, or in your own learning ability, um, this growth mindset, um, you should embrace it and make it, yeah, a way of life. Yeah. I'm wondering, do you have an example for us where your curiosity you just mentioned is one of your key personalities, right? Was <laughs> quite harmful. Uh, very, very good, very good question. Um, I would say yes, in a sense. So like harmful, um, I would say the curiosity was the driver so far also in my career. So if you look at my CV, for example, I would say it's not like a really common CV. So, um, and that is because all of those changes I made, um, especially in the past, there were not only changes about companies. So I changed not only companies, but I changed professions and I tie this exactly to, to the curiosity. So you could, um, think of harmfulness here. If I would say I jumped ship from being a marketer to now being a recruiter. So what would it be like if I'm now going to sale? So they, they would ask me like, mm, there is no real, for example, technology sales experience here, but I see it in a totally different way. I see it like all those skills that I have um, gained over my career, also within other professions, in a very great sense, they're like adaptable. So. I think that could be harmful for some people, or if I would, for example, interview for, for other roles and, um, uh, the interviewers just like, they, they have more fixed mindset on, Hey, um, don't hire for those skills that this person has uh, gained in other professions, then it would be probably harmful for me, but I'm a lucky guy so far. Uh, that's not the case because I think like, um, all the people, um, that they, that they hired me, they were more like. They, they had the trust that I could grow into some roles also with those skills gained in, in totally other disciplines. Yeah. I hope that, I hope that answers your question. It does. It does. And now I have a, a, a new one. So, um, <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when it comes to that mindset, right? So, um, being flexible, growth mindset, et cetera, what you just mentioned, would you say you are quite too modern with that mindset for the age where we are in? So too early or what are your thoughts? No, I wouldn't say so because no, I, I wouldn't say so because as I said before, I met those people that, that, that they're thinking like exactly the same or like having this mindset as well. So, and I know there are um, people out there. That's probably by the way, also one of the cases why I chose uh, going into the software industry once I. I recognize this pattern that, um, this industry is probably more open than other industries to, um, yeah, to see people grow. Um, and, and yeah, so that, that's what I would say. And I know that, that I'm not too early for it. Maybe yes, for, for some industries, as I said, maybe also we are, yeah, sometimes it is, it just feels like really that we, for example, in the European and the EMEA region that we are like stepping a bit of bit behind, um, some, some trends like that, 
sometimes I, I can understand what this question is coming from maybe that our US colleagues, for example, not everyone, I don't want to generalize here, but you get a bit of the sense that maybe our US colleagues um, or you, our US peers, they're a bit of ahead of this because they're thinking a bit differently, more in this um, growth mindset, more in this that you can have multiple careers within one, right? And, um, but yeah, to, to answer the question, I wouldn't say like I'm too early for this because there are already people who are living exactly this, um, especially within tech and especially also, I imagine, already years before um, there were people who who had have um, yeah, multiple um, careers within one career. Yeah, maybe coming back to personal development, right? So I'm curious, maybe not just I'm curious, <laughs> also the audience, but what are you working on at the moment? <laughs> um, so at the moment, um, Professionally, I would say I'm working on to to hone my skills within the design space because um, in in my new role uh, at New Work, I I will not only focus on um, sales hiring or go to market hiring in the future, but also pivot or not pivot, but expand my knowledge into another um, area or domain, and that's design. I think that's also quite uncommon, to be honest. So I don't know that many recruiters out there who are like a hybrid between, let's say, like recruiting for business roles and also recruiting for 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 tech roles, and especially this combination from from sales and design. But yeah, um, so you, you ask me what I'm currently working on at the moment, and then I would say like professionally wise, I, I try to gain um, more knowledge about design because I will recruit for design roles in the future, especially in the UX UI space. And um, it's a very fascinating space because I would also describe, as I said before, like I was a marketer and I think like this creativity mind sometimes is, is still there. And um, therefore I think design is a really yeah interesting domain for me to 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 go into and privately to be honest i'm also working on something so privately i'm currently um preparing my wedding so and that's also <laughs> thank you christian um but why i'm saying this because also there um i i learned so many many interesting things um one example would be so most people i know especially in my friends for example they're like planning their weddings um uh, over a longer period of time. So, for example, they're they're uh, um, planning it, having the celebration, the wedding, the wedding party, maybe next year, for example. But for me, it was like we're now we're doing this in a in a really great speed, I would say. So, um, I I proposed in uh, in January, and we are already having the wedding uh, in in May. So that's quite a short time span, I would say. And what I'm learning from this um, is that. It also has a. It comes also with an with a with a upside because um, you just have to make decisions, right? You you cannot wonder um, which menu you are um, providing then on the wedding party, for example. You you just have to decide, and um, I think that's that's something that helps me because decision making is really or it's 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 difficult and you can struggle with with it, and that helps me to yeah to to just make decisions and then standing by them you know in a yeah in a, in a fast speed at the moment yeah now that, that that's a good one and uh, fingers crossed that everything uh, goes well so um i hope yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> it will it will um <laughs> why did you why did you um yeah start or did your um, mba yeah many actually many um Many people are asking me this, um, especially also some recruiters are, for example, outreaching um, uh, on LinkedIn and asking me, hey, why did you did you do this MBA? Um, because I think there are not so many um, um, yeah, TA professionals out there that really went into doing an MBA. They probably stick more um, or stuck more to um yeah, to the to the HR field and studied in this or psychology field. But for me, it was like um, an MBA provides very transferable skills. And there you can already see uh, I'm referring to this, what I said, like growth mindset and um, having the ability to adapt 
within different roles, maybe within different industries. Um, so it provides uh, transferable skills and I become more skilled in versatility, um, regardless of my industry or the job title. Mm. And um, yeah, and actually to give you this uh, and maybe make a bit of an <laughs> adver advertising for, for, the, for the school I'm alumni now, um, it's the Quantic School of Business and Technology. Not so well known, especially not in, in Europe, I would say. But it's fascinating because um, uh, the, I think the founder also has some roots uh, to, to Rosetta Stone. So Rosetta Stone is also an, a language learning app. And you, you could tell when I was first on the, on the platform and had this learning experience there, it was completely different. It was completely different learning that I had um, within my bachelor's, for example. It was just like it's a long distance learning from here, from Germany, um, with an with a new US-based, uh, Washington-based school. Um, but the platform is just so cool. It's just really intuitive. And you have like, you, you can see that there's great storytelling behind it because when I made the foundations course, so everybody can, um, by the way, uh, can can sign up and make the foundations course of the platform and it just hooked me so uh, i remember one one um yeah one case for example um you 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 had to feel like you're a consultant of a silicon valley based startup in the in the food delivery space and when i went through this lesson i felt exactly like it it just felt like i i'm really the consultant of this uh, of this um startup so that was kind of crazy hooked me yeah, and then I applied the first time, um, got denied um, at the first time, and um, then I, I just, um, yeah, went uh, or stayed persistent, and then I applied the second time. I come in, and um, yeah, that's uh, what it was really, really cool. Yeah, maybe just one last add because I can already tell that you have another question for me. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe just one last thing here. I would also uh, um, um, question to you and also to the audience or more of a hot take from my side. So I would say being a recruiter, being in talent acquisition, I would say there is not a function that gives you so much exposure to the business outside of being a general manager. Would you agree on? Mm, let me answer that question from a different perspective. Um, and uh, from the perspective, um, why I'm still in, in recruiting, right? And I would say um, the thing is, yes, you have to do with a lot of different people, right? And not just uh, when it comes to candidates and the personalities and the backgrounds and all what, what comes with that, but also when it comes, as you just mentioned, um, with, with the business. For example, then you um, yeah support um, a, a colleague um, in the design space, right? In engineering and sales and uh, pre-sales and post sales mm -hmm. and whatsoever, and on different levels. Then you talk yeah. to a first line manager, a second line manager, but then also when it comes, maybe you're talking to a VP or whatsoever. And the thing is also that as a recruiter, you are having quite a privileged situation or space, right? Or a role when it comes um, within the, the company you're in, because mm -hmm. um, for, for for example, when I think about it, it would be different when I would be, for example, um, a direct report from a manager in consulting, right? Then I have a different um, connection or relationship with this person, and I could never speak to that person how I how I'm talking to such a person today in my role as a recruiter, right? So that that's totally yeah. yeah totally different but also something which which is kind of exciting right and something yeah. which uh, as of today maybe that will change but as of today i don't want to give up because um yeah it's kind of an i, th I would say the intro intro to such people is with being a recruiter easier than what i've just mentioned does it yeah. answer your question? I don't know. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah, yeah, because you mentioned one one keyword for me or one buzzword that came out of me, and you mentioned it. It was connection, right? And there we're still uh, going back to this, let's say, like concept of being a talent connector. Because talent is not only like you. You don't have to think like being a talent connector. And I would encourage everyone in the TA space or in the people space and even outside of it um, to be a talent connector because you just don't have to think like only talent in this sense of 
um, candidate, mm. so external talent. You can also think about it now in a way of internal talent. So if you are talking to your um, general manager, that's also like, and you, you, you see like why this candidate, for example, should speak to directly to another person within your um, organization, then that's for me exactly what I mean with talent connection. So that you have the ability to, to see who and why you have to connect them. And at the end, I'm a general manager as a recruiter, right? That's true as well. Yeah, it's like uh, I, I know this notion that you like to to say, um, like that that you're like a yeah, as you said, like a recruiter is your you're you're a business business owner in a sense, right? But that's exactly what I'm what I have meant with um. That's the exactly what I've meant with the exposure that you have to the wider business, um, um, and that's also. Then I'm going back to the to the MBA. I think that's that's also something, and I have seen and I've also referenced. I think um, Kieran Dot, uh, he's the I think VP talent acquisition of Preply, um, Ukraine Ukraine company based in, in, in or he's based in in Spain, and I think it's quite interesting because when I listened to a podcast where he was um, like the guest and he he just said like I he thinks like that more people with with business acumen with a business background. Uh, will come in the future um, with uh, to TA to talent acquisition or to the people space in general. Then I would say um, I agree because that's maybe also kind of a problem. And sorry that I'm elaborating on that, but that's maybe kind of a problem. Um, is that people outside not working within TA they have maybe sometimes a different view what TA is really look like, right? What what it really is. Sometimes um, it, it's just like this thinking of that we are still like service providers, not mm -hmm. only internally, but also with the relationship with the outside world. And I think um, we're already making great steps that we shape it in a different way that recruiting or talent acquisition is not um, just a cost center, but really a growth center, let's say. Sorry um, I, that I elaborated on that, but that's really something that's important for me as well to to educate or inspire people out there to also think about um, recruiting as a as a field they yeah they could pivot to or they could start their careers on they could build great careers within within the talent space um, I'm I'm one hundred percent sure yeah two points Sebastian one point yeah. growth center like it really good. Second, can you send me a link to the school? I might apply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you think like, okay, that's all, all what, I, what I've learned there. No, but that's like, I would say every, um, every individual has his own like growth journey, career story. Um, and, and I think that's just like my, my thoughts. As I said, I'm very curious. And I, then if I find something, um, then I go also deep in it. And then I also have like, I feel like I have the responsibility to, if I really believe in it, then I, that I also share it with, with others. And they already, of course, they also can think like, um, that, that makes sense or that doesn't make sense. But for me, it's like, um, and I, and I really appreciated that, that Kieran, for example, was saying this, um, um, his thoughts about how could our profession could change, uh, in, in, in the future. Yeah. yeah. Maybe last question uh, regarding your MBA. Um, so you mentioned yeah. it, right? So you got denied the first time and then you got in, in the second time. What, how did you approach that mentally, but also what did you do differently to get the acceptance in the second time? <laughs> yeah, good question. Mm, what I did different, probably I, yeah, I, I, reflected on it i reflected why i i got denied um to be honest here i i did not know why i got denied um maybe stronger applicants um they they really have like a how is it called access rate or something is really really low so there are many many applicants and really low um, um submission or not, not sufficient access rate let's say um so i did not know the first time but it didn't hinder me to to think about it why i really want to make this mba And I think then the second time, I just 
gave them really the reason why why I applied. So I made like really storytelling what I said to you before. What was it really? It was pretty simple that the platform hooked me, um, um, hooked me to this uh, program, hooked me to this um, uh, kind of learning because it's very flexible, very modern way. And from there, what was the initial like the the, the initial point why um, why it hooked me? I really thought deeply about it, why I want to do this MBA. And that's exactly what I said before with the transferable, transferable skills, adaptability, um, business acumen, and so on. So, yeah, I, I didn't like, I, I, it was not what not bad in a sense. I wasn't angry that I got denied. I was just thinking like more like, okay, what I do I have to do differently the next time when I, when I apply? Because for me, it was clear. I, I want to get in and I will get in. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a really great uh, perspective and mindset, right? So, but uh, I mean, also as a foundation for that, um, having the ability to self-reflect, I think that's very, very important. And then, um, yeah, you did it. So congratulations. Thank you. Perfect. I'm um, coming to another topic. Uh, you are- I will refer you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You, you are quite an expert uh, in it, right? But uh, maybe also an expert who is just starting. So let's see where, where, the, um, yeah, where, where it goes. Um, but personal branding, right, on LinkedIn. So that's quite a, it might be a buzzword, but is it really a buzzword? Tell us. Yeah, it's the, that's the case how you define, let's say, like, like buzzword, but my take on it, because you said, like, am I already an expert or like expert in the making or I don't know, I would say, like, I'm definitely not an expert. Um, it's just like that I, to be completely honest, I started this journey with personal branding, with being very active uh, on LinkedIn. So not in a sense of engagement with other people, but really putting stuff out there, putting content out there, thinking about content creation and so on. Um, I, I think I started mid half year or something. So it's not all, all it's not a year that I that uh, that I that I started. So I'm definitely not an expert and wouldn't claim the title for myself. Um, but your question was, um, what does personal branding mean for me? So I think like, and that's for every profession. But I am at the moment a recruiter. I was thinking like, okay, there is this thing of that's my reputation. And that's also my, my personal branding. And I think like personal branding is more like an intentional thing. So it's more like how you want people to see you, right? Reputation is, I would say, more think like you earn it. You, you don't have to, to speak about it, but you earn it in your daily doings, um, in every action that you take, you earn it. And then people... Um, yeah, claim on that reputation or um, thinking, thinking, um, yeah, thinking about this is connected to, for example, Sebastian. He stands for, and he has that reputation. And the personal branding is more like grafting and shaping, shaping things intentionally. I would say, but that's not a bad thing, right? Because it's just like you you put yourself out there with your thoughts, with your content. And yeah, there I hope like that's, I would say from content perspective, I would say like, I'm definitely the guy who wants to inspire and educate. So if you look through my content, I wouldn't say like, that's maybe something I will um, elaborate more on or pivot more on. I'm not like having the most entertaining um, content, for example, there are others who are very, very great and entertaining, but for me, it's almost like think about in a way of sense, what do you want to do with your content? What do you want to stand for with your personal brand? And that's like my, my core purpose, as I said in the beginning, helping others and how I can help others with inspire them, hopefully, and educating them maybe also on some topics. Yeah. How does your engagement on LinkedIn support your personal brand or how you want to be seen? Yeah. So, um, when I started on LinkedIn and already now, if you see all those great LinkedIn um, or on every platform, every content creator, but especially now talking about LinkedIn because I'm, I'm just active there. Um, it's at the beginning, especially, it's not about the content that you put out, but it's more about the engagement. And you can think of it, and I, that was just something I learned on the journey that you can 
make content out of engagement. And what do I mean with engagement? Engagement is for me, for example, it can start in the comment section. So I would encourage everyone um, to, to actively scroll through their feed. And if there is something that, that and even if it's just stop you scrolling for a second or something, there must be something about it. And then just say it, why it stopped you scrolling, for example, or just make an engagement, a reaction with it, like it or share it or whatever. So that that's from the consumer perspective. And from the other perspective, it's more like um, engage in the comment section, I would say, because that gives you so much exposure to to many, many people. I'm not a friend of there are like tactics, for example, that you have to ring the bell for your for really big LinkedIn creators. And then you have to stop by their profile five minutes after they, they put out a post. Not really a fan of that, to be honest. It, it also must suit your time plan and when you're doing it. And I think there's also statistics that it, it shows you that it's not that important that you be that fast, for example. But in the end, it's really about the quality. And what I mean with engagement here is like putting out their really meaningful comments and people will see that, that will drive them to your profile, for example, telling your profile, your story, they, then there's a higher chance that they will look also on your content. I hope that makes sense um, in a way of engagement. And of course, that's the, the most important part, engage in the direct message section, not only in the comment section, but if you then have somebody found um, who you want to speak with or, or dive deeper into some topics, then then really make this, and again, and I'm referring to this a lot, I know it's like connection. Um, in the end, it's it's uh, engaging equals then uh, connection. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And um, at the end, um, I think um, our connection is also quite good because you said yes to this conversation. So <laughs> <We're going laughs> out at the end, um, good, I'm good for that. But I'm wondering, uh, when it comes to the approach of um, yeah, your engagement, I mean, not yet, uh, not in the sense now of um, yeah, reacting to posts and leaving comments mm -hmm. and so forth, right? But when it comes to yeah, your content, do you have kind of a content plan or what is your approach? Mm, ah, okay. Now I see what you mean. So, yeah. Um, I, so, yeah, I, I have a content plan, let's say, like, or I'm in the making sometimes. I'm doing it differently, but more or less, I have a I have a content plan because I'm very, I would say, like a very structured, very organized guy. Um, <laughs> you could tell if you see if you would see all the notes that I uh, made in preparation of this podcast. By the way, uh, thank you for making it very comfortable for me because I was quite nervous at the beginning. Um, but sorry, where where my thoughts are wandering around. So yeah, because or regarding the the um, content plan. Um, Basically, you could think of different content types, let's say. And as I said, I want to be in this um, content type, especially for educating and inspiring. But there are other sections, as I said before, like, for example, entertaining or challenging. Doesn't mean that I don't want to challenge someone, um, but I wouldn't say like I am at the moment uh, really standing for always having contrarian takes or something on, on, on things. Um, you could also go more in the direction of motivational content and so on. But to give you really a, like a screenshot, a snapshot, how I would do it, it's like think of um, the topics that you want to speak about. Um, maybe one really one one thing, one big topic, for example, talent acquisition or recruiting in my case, and then think of subtopics around it. So you could think of process related like kicking off a role, interviewing, um, stakeholder management, storytelling, sourcing all those different things then you have subtopics and then you already you you still can niche down on those topics so for example structured interviews unstructured interviews so many things so you can cascade down i would say um but yeah you just have to be clear right from the beginning who you want to stand or what you want to stand for in a sense um what personal branding means to you what content you would like that's connected um, to your personal brand, to your identity. Yeah, that's a very good point also when it comes to your identity, right? Because at the end, it's not just content, it's your content. And when it comes also to the thought process, um, how to get, I mean, you, you just scratched it, right? How do you get inspired for new content, for new approaches or whatsoever? Um, 
when it comes to that, um, what part does self-reflection play in that thought process? It's a, it's a very, it's a big part. So I, when I, and I would encourage everyone to, to just do that. And that doesn't mean that you have to put content out there, but journaling or not journaling, but let's say like writing about things that are in your head. I, I found that so enriching my life, to be honest. So every time I, I think about something and that's basically like reflecting on something, um, it helps me to write it down or not to write it down. Maybe physically, you can write it down physically. You can write it down in your notes app digitally. Um, but, and that's your question. I think it's, it's, it's a main in really main part, a uh, big part because, um, it helps me to reflect on it. If I'm writing it down, if that makes uh, any sense, because then I have to think like more, I have the feeling that I, think even more deeply about it right and i give you just one one example one of my i would say best performing posts was um and that was really something um where i heavily self-reflected because it was a big failure that i did as a recruiter so i excuse my french but i fucked up uh, a candidate experience for one candidate and we don't want to talk through the whole process, but it's like um, we, we get there in the, in the end. So it was all good, but thinking about it more deeply and really writing about it and maybe putting yourself out there and also showing that, hey, everybody makes mistakes. It's just how you're dealing with it. In my mind was like, even if one people, one, one human being out there is inspired by this, that somebody um, shows up shows maybe more a bit of vulnerability and shows that that failure is um is, is human nature um it's just how you deal with it um yeah that that's that's that that was key um when when i was um, publishing this content and by the way maybe last thing about that i was then also asked internally so that was back then at personia i was internally asked about sharing this story in our company all hands so um because yeah, it was like self-reflecting and, and, and we, we made a campaign um, around around self-reflecting, feedback and so on. And I think and that's also something really cool that your content out there can get you also some visibility inside. Maybe they're thinking like, hey, that's the guy um, who's, who's putting himself, himself out there, uh, creating hopefully inspiring content. And um, we, we can use that, in, we could use that internally as well. Hope that answers your question and sorry for elaborating. No, all good, all good. I mean, um, this podcast is about different perspectives, so why not sharing them when they are there, right? But uh, sure. I think it's a very um, important uh, message, right? Um, vulnerability, um, dealing with that um, proactively and also being self-aware that it's okay to be vulnerable. And I think, to be honest, when it comes to personal development per se, right, not just professionally but also um, personally-wise, um, without vulnerability... Um, and without self-reflection, right? But without vulnerability. And when I say vulnerability in, uh, combined with personal development, I also mean up and downs, right? So having a down, you are vulnerable, right? Deal with that proactively and come out stronger. So yeah, that's a very important message. So um, thank you for sharing that. Um, 100% agree on that. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, when I started or when I thought about starting a podcast, right, it was like, okay, there are so many podcasts out there. Why me? Why I? How do I even start? Am I good enough? Whatsoever, right? Did you think or how did you overcome thoughts of I'm not good enough when it comes to your content and being mm -hmm. more engaged and out there and sharing your thoughts, perspectives? Yeah. I like that question because, to be honest, as a follower of your podcast, I, I could reference you here because that, that was a great reference or a great, great quote from you because you, you also said on another podcast episode, like, yeah, there are so many different podcasts out there, but not mine, not me, not with my intention, not, not, not the way I would do it or what, what I am thinking, what I want to share. Um, and and um, that's exactly the same for me, to be honest, because um you're unique everybody out there is unique right and everybody I, I really believe in it that everybody can tell something very 
whether it be inspiring, entertaining, uh, motivating, and so on and so on. So that helps me personally to to keep going. You always um, have like cycles, like downsides also as a content creator. Um, sometimes when you feel like, oh, that was such a great piece and I, I just have out, uh, there's just one, two likes, I don't know, out there. But it's not about that because it's really about maybe somebody is not engaging with your comment, but I have heard it a lot that they popped up in my in my inbox and said like, well, that was a great piece. And I was thinking like, okay, why didn't you like it then? So you don't, you, you have to not, you, you don't have to go away a bit from vanity metrics like likes, views, and so on and so on. You really have to think of like, you're telling something unique and um, of course you hope that that's inspiring for for someone out there but yeah of course i all i would say like of course dealing with imposter syndrome or am i not good enough that's that's um can always pop up but one last thing about that i would say that's also um okay so that's something i i'm missing in this conversation that you just think of like that's okay so for example if somebody is nervous like me before of this um, podcast, I was also thinking like, why do you, why are you interviewing me um, in this episode when you interviewed, I don't know, for example, um, LDK, Chief People Officer at Intercom. So am I, am I right here in this, uh, in this content series? But it's not about that, right? It's not, it's not about that. You, you, you invited me for a reason, and. Um, I think it's it was it's also good that I was nervous because that also shows that um, um, I was really keen on having this conversation. Nothing to add. You made it on the point. Cool. <laughs> nice. Um, what are your thoughts about the role of having and leveraging your network for a successful personal brand? Hmm. Um, don't know exactly what you mean by it. If you mean by it, like, because there's also a trend, um, especially on LinkedIn, that leveraging your personal network would be something like, hey, look, um, I will post on this time with this content. Can you like it? So you make it like a circle of different creators that are supporting each other, commenting and so on. Maybe they're um, gaining through this practice more reach and so on, then I would say like that's that's not something I would strive for because it's it, don't get me wrong, it's cool to have like an accountability partner, for example, and of course it's always cool to to have someone who cheers you up if you are down or if you're a bit of like why I'm doing this stuff um but in the end, it's also for me really about um uh, connection again. So sorry that I'm mentioning mentioning again, but that's leveraging your your network. It's like I don't know if you read, for example, the book um, "Give and Take" by Adam Grant. Really, really good. It's really like give and take. Really think about what's in for them, how you could help them. It's about them. So and then I'm 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 pretty certain that um, it also will come back to you. Will will help you. Um, but that's for me, like what I would subsumize uh, under leveraging or leveraging my network. And just tactically, of course, that can help you in so many ways. That can personal branding can help you in, for example, if you if you want to make career moves, um, if you want to get into conversations with people who who you're thinking like, how could I reach them? It can, it has so many benefits in my um, in 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 my opinion, and. Um, yeah, sounds cliche, but in the in the end, it's really like that. That your network is uh, is uh, your net worth, but your network relies on the connection that you make to people um, about relations that, that you have built with people. Yeah, coming maybe a little bit a hard cut, but um, good good, <laughs> good comments. Um, but oh my, <laughs> you've been laid off, right? And um, nowadays, especially in the yeah, tech um, industry, there are a lot of layoffs happening. So happened, happening, and there might be more coming, right? And um, I'm wondering, right? So to be honest, I haven't been laid off so far. And um, I think the most important thing to say up front is there's no judgment at all, right? So whoever has, whoever has been laid off, it doesn't need to have... Um, because of them, right? So there are a lot of factors which are yeah, influencing and so on. So 
just as a yeah um, general statement. But did you expect it? <laughs> that's that's actually Christian a really hard cut. <laughs> Let's say like from from personal branding to to laid off, but yeah, to I, make you, this connection. I'm sorry to no, pr- but yeah, you yeah. know, I was working and I was thinking about the bridge, but no, I couldn't. So. Hey, Christian, but we are a bridge, like bridge makers, bridge builders as recruiters. No, but just kidding, because it's a really sensitive um, topic. But to make this connection about personal branding and so on and, and being laid off and not personal branding, personal development, personal growth. Sounds cliche again, but it is really like this. If you um, if you're desperate or if you're, how can I say it, if you're your failure or that's the point where you learn the most out of it. And that's also for me, to be honest, it's kind of fresh still when I got laid off and I think it was end of October, um, beginning of November last year. Um, so it's still fresh in my mind. Absolutely. Um, but I learned so much on it and I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm still learning much about it. And, um, yeah, but, um, your, your question was, um, if I expected it, um, I was probably naive in a sense because um, we recruit a talent acquisition department at Personio back then quite heavily. And I was also like a force in it because I, I started my journey at Personio as recruiter's recruiter, how I called me um, back then. So I scaled the department as well. And um, yeah, um, also don't want to bore you that much with, with the details, but especially also like in, in other companies, it's like that, that the headcount growth rate um, is going down. So we're expecting less headcount growth um, um, for a certain period of time. And then of course, if you have too much resources on the talent acquisition team, then you have to think about um, how you can reduce the workforce here. Um, did I expect it? I was naive. No, I did not expect it because, and I can give you also a reason why, because um, I got, yeah, I I got laid off on a higher performance rating than the seven months ago uh, when I was um, promoted. So my performance rating was higher when I got laid off then when I got promoted and that's, that was something for me, like I, I couldn't sense. Right. So, because you can always say in the, in the sense of layoffs, yeah, that's business decisions. It's business related. It's not related to, to your individual performances and so on. But I tell you what, um, it's like being no longer needed feels very personal and you cannot deny that in my opinion. So, um, I did not expect it, but not only because of performance things and so on, because, but such because um, um, I think that I was a great ambassador of the company and the culture and my colleagues as well. But I could not, um, yeah, I could not sense um, that um, in the next year, so in 2023 now, um, I would be in another company, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Um personal story right um what what impact did it have on you mentally but also when it came or comes to your mental health yeah yeah as i said before (laughs) even if you think about it like um it's a business decision but it feels personal so that was definitely an impact because and then and i think i can give you here also an example because the last day I was in the office back then, how do you feel? How do you think I felt? I felt ashamed. And that's, that was crazy for me because why should I blame myself or shame myself, you know? But it was the feeling I had when I was on the last day um, uh, in the office. And what I want to say with that, of course, it's, it's, yeah, for me, the thing is here during layoffs, there's no one non-impacted. The ones that got laid off, but also the ones retained, right? But for the ones that got laid off, it's like a cycle of grief. So, um, and um, I just want to encourage, and that's the message for me here, that you that everybody can cope with it on their own pace and their own style, but just let those emotions also out. So don't be like um, it's also what we what we 
said before, like maybe vulnerability, but it's really important that you that you are being true to yourself and that you, yeah, as I said, everybody can can cope on it on in their own style in their own way. Um, yeah, what what helped me was then um, that I had um, support. So um, that was also why I, I, the first thing I did after after being uh, getting laid off, I was uh, thinking like, there is so much more also in 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 life than than just tie your identity and everything in your life to to a job. So the first thing I I was doing, I was uh, going to a goldsmith and made that ring done for my future future wife, and um, yeah, because that was another signal for me like she's always there right she's always there for me always supporting me helping me and she's not defining myself um who i work for or what am i doing it's just like who am i as a human being who am i as a as a person and that's and then i end with that it's always don't during layoffs not not only during layoffs, but especially during this hard time it's like don't let yourself think about that you are not worthy or that you have to feel ashamed or anything like that. Um, and I hope that most people are really having helping hands and doing such a, such a difficult time. Yeah. Also a disclaimer or also another note. Um, if there is somebody out there, I don't know, in the audience, it's that helped me, for example, to just talk through it with, with others. Um, who are in the same situation or who experienced it the same. So but just can say it here also, my inbox is always open. So just if you want to, to talk with it or just want to have someone who experienced it as well and just want someone who, who listens and can relate to that, then of course, just shoot me, for example, and, 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 uh, and direct message on LinkedIn. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that also. And um Today I'm quite bad with building bridges, so <laughs> I might need to have another hard part. But um, maybe as a last uh, topic of today, and uh, before we're going to that, I really appreciate the openness and um, the also vulnerability, right, when it comes to that. So thank you for for that. I think it's quite important also to talk about um, this topic quite um, yeah, not openly from someone's sales perspective, but also that this topic is not something which has to be talked about and behind doors, right? So thank you for that. 100%. Yeah. Um, the 10 Connector Playbook. So sneak peek, what is it? Oh, Christian, you, you have insights that I <laughs> don't know about. Oh my God, you, there, you, there is like the bridge or I don't know that you have some bridges that, that got you that sneak peek. No, but... Um, yeah, um, as I said, uh, I want to be seen. That's kind of my personal brand as, the, uh, as a talent connector, because as I said, talent connection is a really um, important thing for me. And with the talent connector playbook, I'm thinking like bringing something out there to, to help others. So it will be like, because I'm a huge fan of, uh, of the app, uh, of the software piece Notion. So I don't know if you know it, it's basically Every time somebody asks me what's what's Notion, I, I I cannot explain it because it's so much. So it's basically like a workspace individually or also um, for for whole businesses to yeah manage, store everything to organize yourself. Let's say like, and um, my thought was like bringing something out, a helpful, hopefully helpful resource um, in the form of a Notion workspace where you can see exactly my process. Um, that helped me during my recruiting journey. So that helped me, for example, I don't know, um, the hope that the big topic to make really meaningful um, connections with others, building relationships with candidates and hiring teams, um, uh, shaping remarkable candidate experience and so on. Um, but it's really like my exact process that I followed, for example, to get promoted within, within one year to have a 100% offer acceptance rate in 2021. So I don't want to brag about that, but it's just like my offer to ease recruiter lives, let's say like, with, 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 the, with the playbook that I still use today. So if I'm assigned to a new role, I use exactly the same resource. And um, yeah, that's some, just something like I wanted to build a first digital product in a way 
put it myself out there and uh, I can already say, um, uh, and that's hopefully another cool thing, it will be for free. So of course you can test it. Uh, it's just a free resource out there um, to help others. And as I said, to ease recruiter lives out there. Yeah, so last question uh, uh, regarding that, when will it be available? <laughs> We're it down here, so, it. you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I should have known that, that this question could uh, could come. So let me say it like this, It's I'm really in the final step. So there is no officially published date at the moment, but I'm really, really in the final steps. So I'm pretty sure that I will um, yeah, come out or publish it, come out with it um, in, in, in March. So um, yeah, but stay, stay tuned, as I said, um, um, maybe you want to follow me on LinkedIn, then you don't, uh, you, you won't miss it. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's at the moment, uh, final steps and almost certainly published in March. So the sneak peek uh, was well used. So congratulations, uh, Sebastian. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for giving me like this, this platform. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. No, really, 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 really cool for that. But I liked it because um, you're a recruiter as well. And um, uh, you're also someone who likes to help others, right? And so you helped me to help, other, to help others, right? So you gave me, you provided me a platform to, in a sense, advertise this free resource and um, so I have to thank you, Christian. And that's the spirit, helping everyone and yeah, in every situation. And um, last question yeah. from my side, self-awareness, yeah. self-reflection. We already covered that a little bit, but mental health, recharging and purpose. Buzzword bingo or what? <laughs> We're here again with the buzzword. <laughs> Still on, on what you, how do you find um, a buzzword? I would say, and I think you asked this also some some others on your podcast already. And to be honest, I can just um, um, say here the same. It's like walk the talk, right? It's really like um, you have to live up to those things. You have to um, live up to the purpose you're claiming for you, for yourself or organizations, for example, are claiming for themselves. Um, so they can be buzzwords, if not lift up to it, if not really walk the talk, right? But um, it's also connected to each other in a way. So for example, recharging, um, that's connected to, to mental health. Um, purpose, in my opinion, stands above all, let's say like, so um, it, it has, it directly have, um, um, yeah, effects on all of that topic. So um, yeah, but if you ask me, one of my, my favorite one from that would be um, still um, uh, self-reflection because it's so important to to be good at self-reflecting and to be true to yourself. Yeah. No, thank you for your thoughts. And um, maybe for that, we are at the end of our conversation, right? But um, over <laughs> to you for the last words. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you again, Christian, because as I said um, uh, in this podcast, um, I really, really enjoy what you're doing. Um, I think you you're providing tremendous value with this podcast um and what stands out to me really that you you're just not another podcast out there but you um claim to be really authentic uh, having authentic conversations that's just um just awesome and um you're helping and i'm certainly sure that you're inspiring others with it so so thank you for that and just ending this this podcast and i think that that goes for both of us so I believe and that's my kind of my motto is um, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. So, and I leave it with that. Thank you for your time, Sebastian. Hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. Goodbye. Take care. Bye.